From Sports Radio 97.1 The Fan, this is Tea to Green, Central Ohio's premier golf show. Here's your host, recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Southern Ohio PGA of America and Hall of Fame, Sports Radio 97.1 The Fan's Skip Mossick. And a very pleasant good Saturday morning, everyone. Tita Green back with you. We would much rather be talking college football with you this weekend, but at the same time, happy to be extending Tita Green for a couple of extra weeks into this season. Another busy week in the golf world. The Tour Championship going on down in Atlanta. We will head there in just a bit and visit with Morning Reads' Gary Van Sickle. PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan met with the press this week to address a number of things and roll out the 2021 schedule. We'll play some of that for you later. Later this hour and something we've been asked to do from time to time is take a look back at some of the folks we visited with through the years and we thought we'd do some of that today back in 2016 we chatted with hall of famer Jill- johnny miller prior to his memorial tournament honoree ceremony we'll play some of that for you later this hour and as always we have another really nice golf prize pack to give away details on that coming up but we will begin with former buckeye and pga professional bo hogue who made it into the playoffs a couple of weeks ago bo good morning Part of why you got into those playoffs was a really good five-week stretch that began for you here in Columbus with a second-round 67 at the Memorial. Did, did something kickstart for you, maybe just the comforts of being back in Columbus, or did something else change for you that week? Uh, yeah, uh, thanks, Kip, for having me on. Um, you know, the the Memorial, that second round, um, things just kind of – I was due for a good round, and um, I didn't play – poorly on thursday but i think i shot a couple over obviously the uh the course played very difficult this year so um a couple over par didn't really hurt me too much and then um yeah i was due for a good round and got out there friday afternoon and uh probably played my my best most complete single round of the year shooting five under there on friday um i think that was a little round of the day so um that was just kind of you know i was due for a good round and and it all kind of came together that Friday, and I feel like that just kind of gave me uh, momentum for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the season. You know, Bo, everybody on tour is just so darn good. How important is a round like that to just give you confidence uh, moving forward? Because obviously, you played well the next four or five events after that. Yeah, um, it's funny. You know, I I played that Memorial, and obviously, it seemed to you know play more difficult as the week went on. The weekend was um, you know super difficult. I hardly maybe one, two or three rounds under par total. Um, so it, it was funny cause I, I played the three M open the following week, uh, up in Minnesota and you know, the course is, that course is not easy by any stretch. I mean, it's still right. 7,400 yards or something, but I mean, it felt so easy playing that course after playing <laughs> Muirfield for, uh, for a week there at Memorial in those tough conditions. So, you know, I, I know that, that playing the Memorial, um, you know, definitely made me stronger, uh, you know, for the rest of the season. Well, Bo, that stretch obviously helped you into the playoffs. Uh, you would have had to play really well to advance beyond Boston, but how crazy was all of that this year with, with the reshuffle? And did it kind of put you and others in similar position in a tough spot just trying to find out and figure out what the heck was going on? Yeah, um, obviously, you know, a lot of, a lot of craziness with, um, you know, first of all, just being my first year on the PGA Tour, that that alone uh, hmm. has enough going on. And then you throw, uh, you know, our global pandemic in here. Uh, I guess I, I'm just thankful that um, the tour did such a good job of getting us back out on the course. And you know, it, it would have been would have been very easy for them to say, hey, you know, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna uh, 
shut it down for longer or not be an official season. Um, I think we're really we were we were really close to that. Um, so unfortunate that they they you know the hard work that the tour did to get the season in. Um, as far as the playoffs, um, yeah, it was kind of you know all of a sudden you you didn't have that many events left right. to uh, you know solidify your spot in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, so and you got a little bit behind the eight ball starting back out. You know the field strengths were so. Uh, field, you know, the field was so strong that um, you know a lot of rookies were having a you know, tough time getting into every single event. So, um, kind of forced my hand a little bit there, but um, played really well the last uh, you know handful of events and and uh, kept the pedal down at the Wyndham Championship there. You know, I still needed a solid week there to uh, you know stay. I think I started the week at 123, so needed to play well in order to stay in the top 125, which I did. So it was a good uh, good accomplishment, definitely, to get to the Boston and the, and the FedEx playoffs in my first year. Former Buckeye PGA professional Bo Hogue, our guest this morning, tee to green here on the Fan Bowl. I know you're heading out to Napa for the event next week, but uh, in this strange 2020, I mean, I know it's Napa, but it's still not Napa the way we know it, though, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what Napa's going to look like. Um, you know, I think they've, they've actually been struggling with uh forest fires uh up yeah. there so uh fortunately uh everything has been contained and uh you know we were notified from the tour that it was a little iffy there uh about a week or two ago but uh everything's you know looking uh really good and they're gonna have the uh go ahead with the event and um you know nice uh my wife's coming with me i'm sure she likes uh that <laughs> trip uh, a little better than others with uh with the uh wine and vineyards and whatnot um so it'll be fun love love going out to uh play golf in california and it'll be it'll be great bo i like asking the guys this it's it's been such a strange year what what has travel been like for you through all of this this year um you know honestly the first uh the first tournament back i traveled to the colonial um in uh fort worth and uh it was just kind of strange you know flying for the first time since you know, everything that started. Um, and you know, it's been, you know, we're getting tested, you know, you know, twice a week. And, uh, you know, I gotta admit, it's a little, a little, uh, you know, stressful that, you know, you just, you you know, you think you, I mean, you think you feel fine, but you hear of all these asymptomatic cases. Um, you know, so it's a little stressful to kind of, when you're waiting to get that test result back. But, um, as far as the travel goes, I mean, we, the tour has had, they've done a really good job of, you know, trying to keep us in a bubble. Um, I think, you know, they, the players have been, uh, pretty accountable for everything and, you know, they've been very mindful of the safety and, uh, it's been nice to have the, uh, charter flights as well, um, for, uh, the tour to get from, from one tournament uh, to the next and every passenger's tested before they get on that, that plane too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's as good as it's gonna gonna get. I think. Has anything gotten easier as far as the testing and whatnot, Bo? I mean, the PGA Tour's done a great job as far as uh, being the leader and getting professional sports back. I mean, we heard so much about the procedures and the protocols when things started back up. Uh, the fact that we've only had just a handful of uh, positive cases is really remarkable. But I guess take us through. I guess what it was like back in June versus what it's like now as we head into September. Um, you know, things are still, um, pretty similar. I mean, we're still getting, you know, first thing you do when you arrive at tournaments, um, you head to an offsite testing center and, uh, they administer the, uh, you know, the nasal swab, um, which, you know, is not any of our favorite, uh, <laughs> no. favorite, favorite parts of the week. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. We, 
we kind of, a lot of us players, we kind of text each other. You know, there's about four or five, um, you know, health uh, professionals that, that administer the test. And we kind of text each other. The first guy that goes, you know, hey, uh, tent number two is the best guy this week. You know, he's, he's the uh, easiest with the with the nasal swab. So we kind of, uh, you know, get the group messages going of which guy is the best one each week. Um, but it's been pretty similar. And, um, you know, we, we the combination of that and, uh, you know, we're, we're doing the saliva test as well. Um, you know, it's, it really hasn't changed. But um, uh, other than that, I mean, they're, they're starting to allow, um, you know, spouses uh, and significant others to, to come to the tournaments. Um, for the first time that just happened a couple of weeks ago, I right. think kind of towards that Wyndham championship. So it's been nice to, you know, that my wife can come, uh, come, come watch Thursday through Sunday. Um, and, uh, and hopefully they kind of, hopefully we can get fans back out there, uh, sure. sooner rather than later. Cause, um, you know, that's, that's a big part of the tour. You know, Bo, the week after Napa is the U.S. Open. Uh, any chance, I guess, for you to still sneak into the Open? I mean, this has been such a strange year without the qualifiers. Yeah, I, you know, I really wish there was just, you know, I'm ready to go play in a 36-hole qualifier somewhere and play a couple good rounds and earn my way into the U.S. Open. Um, I think at uh, at Napa, at the Safeway Open, um, I think there's still a possibility that, uh, you know, if you play – well that you could play your um, your, your way into the u.s open um i'm not exactly sure on the details but um you know i'd be surprised if uh, if you if you were in contention on sunday and had a you know happened to do something really really good i think um you know you'd find yourself in the uh, u.s open the following week boho last thing for you i have to ask you as a professional golfer about the strange incident that occurred a week ago uh, on saturday where john rom picks up his ball off of a green without marking it i mean obviously he's assessed a penalty wild to think that it almost cost him the tournament but i guess have you ever seen or done anything like that before uh, i haven't done it personally I, I think it's just habit to you know reach for the coin in my pocket um, before i touch it i think the scariest thing in that regard that I have seen happen and I've been more tempted to, uh, to do is when you play, um, you know, when the tour plays lift clean in place, sure. the preferred lies, you know, you might play that for an entire week and, um, or you might play it the first three rounds and all of a sudden the fourth round, they say, Hey, no more <laughs> preferred lies. We're, we're, we're playing the ball down today. Uh, I think that's where it gets really tricky because you're just so used to walking up to your tee shot in the fairway and pulling the tee out of your pocket to, to mark it and clean it. And, you know, you got to be really careful. I've been tempted to do that. Fortunately, it hasn't uh, happened. But, yeah, that one on the green was uh, pretty strange. Yeah, you know, I, I've never seen anything like that. But uh, fortunately for him, he was still still able to win the tournament. Absolutely. Former Buckeye and PGA professional Bo Hogue, we appreciate your time. Safe travels out to Napa. Play well, and we'll touch base soon, okay? Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. All right, Tour Championship going on this week. Let's get you warmed up there with some chip shots. 97.1 The Fans, tee to green. Chip shots. To East Lake we go. Again, just 30 players this weekend with the guys handicapped based on their position coming in. Number one, Dustin Johnson staked with the big lead in the 10-under start. Shoots a minus 367 on Friday to sit at 13-under and says despite the good start, needs to keep it in the short grass. You know, I, I gave myself a few looks, but I, I need to hit some more fairways. I mean, that's just a... You know, the key out here is driving. If you can drive it in the fairway, you can shoot a good score. I mean, it's just the greens are so good. 
And, you know, the only way to control the golf ball coming into the greens is being, you know, sitting out of the fairway. So um, that's the only thing I need to do a little better tomorrow. It wasn't like I was way off or anything. You know, just hit quite a few drives just in the rough, which is no good around here. Tied it uh, with DJ at minus 13 is John Rahm, 65 on Friday for Rahm, who was asked if he and DJ were pushing each other coming off of last week's playoff in Chicago. I felt like I was doing most of the pushing <laughs> because I made pretty much every single birdie putt before he did. So, uh, you know, props to him to be making them on top of me. I mean, all those putts in the back nine on 12, 13, 15, I made quite a, two of them were really long. Uh, before he made his 10, 15 footer. So uh, I was definitely trying to put the heat on him. Uh, JT put the heat on, on both of us early on. So uh, it only helps for all of us to try to play our best golf. Two back at minus 11 is Justin Thomas. You heard Rom reference him there, who began three back. And after a 66 Friday, JT knows you can't get it all back in one day. I tried not to look at leaderboards today. I just tried to play golf and get in my own little world and um, and and not really worry about what was going on and what those guys were doing or what the guys in front of me were doing because it's. Uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to trying to beat every person for 72 holes that I'm playing in this week, and if that happens to beat everybody else, then then so be it. Once you get into Saturday and into Sunday, you definitely need to start looking and, and pay attention to, to uh, at least I think so to to see if you need to press anything or, or you know play conservative if you have a lead or whatever it might be but um at the end of the day as soft as the golf course is right now i mean if you hit the fairways you got to stay aggressive and make birdies again no surprise with the handicap start dustin johnson and john rom tied for the lead after the opening round of the tour championship at east lake again a monday finish uh, with the holiday weekend this weekend for the tour championship elsewhere this week corn ferry tour is in springfield charlie saxon minus 15 leads by three there european tour is in spain john catlin minus three he is your leader there by two well coming up more on this week's tour championship as we will visit with longtime golf rider now with morning read gary van sickle that is next as t to green continues on the fan feel unappreciated things not working out the way you imagined bad news sometimes life sucks good news we don't the fan now that we're done washing our balls it's time to tee it back up this is t to green with skip mossick on the fan ohio sports destination Tita Green rolls on. We have another great golf prize pack that we're giving you the chance to win this weekend. We've got balls from our friends at Titleist. We've got uh, golf out at Westchester Golf Course in Canal Winchester. More golf at Cumberland Trail out in Pataskala. Plus some more goodies we'll throw in the bag for you this week as well. Very simple to enter. Send me a tweet by 11 a.m. at Skip Mossick or go to 971thefan.com. You can find me on Twitter. Do it by 11 a.m. We'll get you a player at this week's Corn Ferry event in Illinois. Again, only 30 players in the uh, Tour Championship, so we're going Corn Ferry event in Illinois this weekend. If your player wins, the great prize pack is yours. This is Backspin. Tee to green. Backspin. Tour Championship going on this weekend. Joined now by longtime golf writer, many years with Sports Illustrated, now with MorningRead.com, Gary Van Sickle. Gary, good morning. Thanks for your time. Wanted to start with last week's great finish at the BMW. I mean, do you recall a finish like that with two absolute bombs at the end? DJ's long double, double breaker to force the playoff, and then obviously John Rahm's 66-footer in the playoff to win it. I can't think of anything where two guys did that. There have been some tournaments that ended with great heroics. Uh, nobody remembers this one, but I was at Las Vegas. I remember Jonathan Bird making a hole-in-one on a par-three in the dark to win like a three-way playoff at Las Vegas. 
And the only reason they even played the hole because it was a par three because they couldn't see anything. Huh. And they all wanted to get out of town the next week. So a hole in one's a pretty good block, pretty good walk off for a playoff. But um, I can't, I can't, I can't even compare two guys doing something like that. Nicholas and Watson in the duel in the sun at Turnberry. Those guys went back and forth all weekend at Turnberry. And the other one, the other classic duel that, that nobody remembers because it's two guys that they didn't really care about. You remember when uh, Chad Campbell and Sean McKeel sure. had the playoff in the PGA at Oak Hill? They were paired together all weekend. And if that had been, you know, say, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, we'd still be talking about it. Uh, you know, McKeel wins it because he hits a seven iron to tap in range on the last hole to win it. You know, I, I'm comparing, uh, I think you got to find a whole weekend or a whole Sunday of action to find something that matches that. It, it, it's a good point, Skip, because we had some great finishes this year. I mean, sure. that P, last round of that PGA Championship, I was like on edge for like four hours because there's any one of ten guys might win that thing. I, I was I was tense the whole time. So that was that was a great you know who doesn't like to see a finish like that it makes for great TV. One more thing on Rom Gary wanted to get your thoughts on on this was how about that penalty on Saturday picking up his ball without marking it I mean have you ever seen anything like that before I guess it's amazing it almost cost him the win I don't think I've seen a professional do that in a PGA Tour event I, I've seen some amateurs do that in amateur events uh, you know and of course in our weekly games nobody. You know, half the guys we play with don't bother to mark their ball to clean it off. They just clean it and put it back. But that's, you know, I, I, it's mind-boggling. I also, I also don't get it when pros make errors on the scorecard. You know, you, you didn't shoot what you shot until you add up the scorecard and sign it. I mean, signing the scorecard right. is like really the most important part of your day. If you get that wrong, you know, Bob Golby. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a bad day. So I, I don't see how these guys, even at the pro level, how they ever get callous about that. And yet, you know, once or twice a year, we see that happen. And but I, I, who else is who else has picked up a ball without marking? I can't <laughs> I can't name another instance. I, the only thing I can think of is I know remember once David Faraday, when he was still playing, you were required to mark your ball with some kind of roundish coin or whatever and i think he was maybe not having a bad day or maybe not having a good day and you know at the time maybe he still was maybe had a little too much the night before but uh, he marked his ball with a uh, hotel key <laughs> back when we have actual keys for hotel keys and that was a penalty because he marked it with something other than a legal marker but who picks the ball up without I don't know. Marketon, huh? That's incredible. <laughs> Gary com. our guest this morning, T to Green here on the Fan Tour Championship going on this weekend, obviously down in Atlanta. Not really spoken to anybody, Gary, who's a big fan of this handicapped format. I've made the argument it's like the NCAA basketball tournament spotting a higher seed, maybe a 10-point lead. I mean, do you like, dislike anything about this, and what would you change? Well, I mean, the... Uh... You don't have to spot the other opponent a 10-point lead. It's Duke against West Farmingham State. I mean, that's a 30-point lead automatically. So it is the same thing. Look, I I said since day one the points system they had was a disaster because you had a bunch of players and fans and media. Nobody knew where anybody stood at any time. And that killed the FedEx Cup. It's not like NASCAR and you can keep track of the points and all that because guys, every, everybody races every week. That's a lot more interesting. Golf is, is different and 
I said since day one, if they really wanted to make it interesting, it should be cumulative scores to par for the whole four weeks. And maybe you give a guy uh, a five or seven shot bonus for winning because winning is difficult. You, if you win one, if you win the Northern Trust, maybe you get a, a five shot bump and how, how you know it. You shoot 10 under par, then you get a five-shot bump. You're now your 15 under after the first week. But now that would require everybody to play every week, uh, which is a little less daunting now that it's only three weeks. Sure. But on the plus side, everybody would know where they stood all the way along, and that's a big plus because I, rem- I was there the year uh, DJ, I think he won the first two events at the FedEx Cup, and he had already clinched it. But by the time, the, you know, and he was a middle-of-the-path guy that day, he was already on a plane. He was already out of St. Louis <laughs> flying to somewhere else. Right. By the time we found out that, oh, he'd already clinched the FedEx Cup. And uh, nobody knew that, probably including DJ. And nobody got to, you know, we didn't get to talk to him. And that was that was one warning sign. And the, set, the final warning sign was when Bill Haas won the playoff at East Lake, getting up and down from the lake. And he talks to, uh, was it, I think, I think Pynchon was still the commissioner. And right. he gets done and, he goes up, and the first thing he says is, who won the FedEx Cup? And Vincent goes, uh, you did, Bill. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so that's the excitement the FedEx Cup point system has generated. And I don't know how they think they can keep jamming that down our throats. I mean, you know, you're watching, you're a golf I fan. Know. You're watching the West Coast events in January. It's the Bob Hope. It's the second or third event. And they're already telling you, hey, you know, uh, Judge Lobotnik's got 700 FedEx Cup points. He's number one right <laughs> like, hey, we, nobody... Nobody cares. I, I really don't think anybody has ever cared about the FedEx Cup points race, including you know the players kind of care, but they don't know where they stand. And uh, but because of the Fed up, it has forced all the top players to play late in the year, and they've got some dramatic finishes because they have a lot of good players playing. So it's been a success despite itself, but it's not a success because of the format. I like this in the sense that this is the best thing they've come up with so far. So, let, yeah, it's the first round is weird because how this guy get to minus 10? You know what? By by the second round, you're over that. Now you got a scoreboard, and you know where everybody stands. So it's mission accomplished, even if the first day is a little weird. So do I like it? I guess I like it by default. But I don't really, other than having cumulative par for the whole thing, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to come up with something better. Well, one thing we certainly hope will be better is the U.S. Open coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, you referenced the PGA Championship. I agree. I thought it was spectacular. But yeah, talking about the Open, does it seem like an Open or more like a regular tour event where we might have one of the young guys like Morikawa win it? And do, do you think the lack of spectators helps the younger guys in regards to the pressure of a major championship? I got the sense at the PGA that even without the fans, the players knew it was a major and they the pressure got to the guys who, what, who the pressure is going to get to. I think my problem with the U.S. Open is going to be that we shouldn't call it the U.S. Open because they had no qualifying. Right. And they arbitrarily used great rankings and such. Phil Mickelson would not have qualified for the U.S. Open based on his world ranking if we hadn't had this pandemic. And, you know, they're giving spots to guys off the Corn Ferry. They gave a couple spots to amateurs. Well, what happened to the whole let's go out and earn it kind of a thing? That's what that's why it's called an open. Anybody can be in it. And they could have they could have put it together, but they didn't really know how bad the pandemic was going to be and they they didn't want to have the, the headache of trying to get two rounds of local and sectional qualifying in. 
I think they just kind of wimped out, because which is unlike the USGA. They usually like to do things the hard way. But I, I'm disappointed that, you know, to me it should be U.S. Open with an asterisk because, you know, a lot of players don't have a chance to qualify. So, again, this go back, goes back to my gripe about the PGA Tour basically turning this into a two-year season. Everybody who was exempt from last year gets a rollover year, and they get one and three quarter season and everybody who didn't get who wasn't on tour last year is shut out because they reduced qualifying spots on mondays and the guys who are really getting a bad deal are the college players who were seniors a lot of them were forced to go back there's no q school for the corn Ferry tour a lot of them went back for a fifth year the ncaa granted them extra, extra eligibility so they go oh great i can go back to college i can hang out i can you know go to a few parties uh take a few classes and it'll be fun and then a lot of these conferences, including the Big Ten, have canceled fall sports, right. including golf. Right. So now those guys couldn't go to Q school. Now they can't play college golf either. So I feel bad for those college guys who are all dressed up with nowhere to go. But, I mean, it, it, all the all the Corn Ferry guys and all the – I really don't think it was fair to think the PGA Tour could have said, you know, we got 30 tournaments in. Yeah, it's shorter than usual. I think we could call that a full season and turn it over and have Q school. But, uh, you know, the schedule's cramped. They just didn't have time. You know, I understand why they did it. And plus, you've got the PGA Tour uh, Players Advisory Board making these decisions. PGA Tour players don't want to vote themselves out of million-dollar-a-year jobs. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to understand why they decide to give themselves two years instead of one, and the heck with everybody who's not here yet. So that's how things work. Look at the senior tour. These guys have all had careers and made millions. They'll fight to the death about letting any club pro sneak it who can play. They don't want their gravy train interrupted, Skip. Gary Van Sickle, you can check out his work at morningread.com. Gary, we always appreciate your time. We'll touch base down the road, okay? Thanks, Skip. All right. Well, we've had the opportunity to visit with some of the greats in the golf world over the years, and we've been asked from time to time to replay some of those big interviews. Four years ago, we had a chance to sit down with Hall of Famer Johnny Miller prior to his Memorial Tournament honoree ceremony. We will replay some of that interview for you next as Tee to Green continues here on The Fan. The biggest guests, earth-shattering opinions, and Maddie making Anthony do push-ups during commercial breaks. I can't feel my legs. My bad, bro. Rockman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan. <laughs> Buttery cuts and making putts. Sometimes you're listening to Tita Green with Skip Mossick on the fan. Ohio sports destination. Rolling on on this Saturday morning, we have another great golf prize pack that we're giving out to somebody this weekend. We've got balls from our friends at Titleist. Golf out at Westchester Golf Course for you. More golf at Cumberland Trail, plus a couple other goodies we'll throw in there for you this week as well. Very simple to enter. Send me a tweet by 11 a.m. at Skip Mossick or go to 971thefan.com. You can find me on Twitter there. Again, do it by 11 a.m. We'll get you a player at this week's Corn Ferry event in Illinois. Again, only 30 players in the Tour Championship, so we're going corn fairy event this week if your player wins the prize pack is yours you are listening to tita greens on the range on the range is presented by the outings golf app we get asked from time to time to replay some of our bigger interviews we've had over the years so we thought we'd oblige back in 2016 we had a chance to visit with world golf hall of famer and longtime nbc golf analyst johnny miller prior to his honoree ceremony at muirfield village and we asked johnny how big a deal it was to him to be honored i'm not really big on getting honors uh, honored for anything but the fact that um came from jack and barbara nicholas and the memorial tournament um him being like my older brother i haven't got the full feel of 
the whole thing, and I'll have that feeling more during the memorial tournament. I got some of it today at the luncheon, and during the memorial tournament, I'll probably be crying like I normally do. So uh, I think that it's it's just anything to do with Jack Nicholas. Um, that's where my soft spot is in golf. Is Jack has been a, like an older brother mentor of mine. So uh, the fact that he's happy that I'm here, I can feel genuinely. He's pleased that I'm here, and and he respects me for being a good family man and uh, trying to be a good dad and true to my wife. All those things, it's not easy for most golfers to pull those things off, but he knows that's a high priority for me. Obviously, with all of the accomplishments during your career, pretty much in the back of your mind had to know that the day would come when you would get the phone call. What were your emotions, though, when you finally got word? Well, like you said, I I knew they were going to give it to me someday. I didn't play the Memorial Tournament that much because it was in May, and I worked my way up to the Masters, played the Heritage. I love that course. It was my second tour win, and then I took off the month of May. So even though I did play in it several times, but I didn't play in it every year, and I sort of regret that I didn't, but I was trying to you know, be a good dad and be home a little bit. So um, I knew it would come, at least I thought it would come, but uh, it, was, it was great to hear that I was the honoree and, and my schedule was open that week and, and I could bring my family. All my kids, six kids are coming and my wife. And that, that's what really makes it with Jack and Barbara, the, make it great for me. The PGA Tour is obviously a much different world today than when you played. I mean, you were one of the few, especially top players, who made no bones about it. You know, Golf was not going to be your top priority, that family was always going to come first, even above playing and winning. Do you get the sense, though, that that's changed over the years? Uh, I think it's better, way better now than my era. My era, guys are... It was all about golf, basically, and a lot of rounders out there, and um, not that great a family man, not much priority placed on that. And so now the guys are much more uh, into religion. They're more into their family. Of course, they're able to make so much more money so they can private private jets. They can play a limited schedule. Um, a lot of kind, kind of non-confrontational competitors out there. Which was different when, yeah. when you played. Yeah, just totally different than the Ray Floyds and Hale Owens and Lee Torinos, et cetera, et cetera. Lanny Watkins, Jerry Pate, all those guys. But um, I think it's good. It's very healthy. Uh, it's not quite as, you know, I'm going to kill you if it, I, I got to beat you, you know. That kind of, you know, guys that really grit their teeth and were tougher, but... Um, Golf's in a good spot right now. It's a you know it's a great game. I mean, you brought up the toughness factor. Do you think that the amount of money these guys are making today has something to do with that? I think so. You know, money softens everyone. Family, having kids softens you. Uh, once you say to yourself, "I've got it made now," you know, money wise, you're never are going to be as fierce a competitors when you're scratching and trying to save your money. And uh, every shot counts so much more, you know, because if I don't make this, I'm not going to make my house payment, you know. So. It's a different time. Golf's gotten big. The purses have gotten big. But the guys still are great players, and they work hard. They work very hard on their game. So I think golf's pretty healthy right now. Part of what makes you great on the air and why so many golf fans love you is that you don't hold back on your comments. We've all read about guys who get mad at you about things that you may or may not say on the air. Anyone hold any long-term grudges? I mean, like real grudges against you? Well, everybody wants to look like the white knight you know on the on the on the beautiful horse 
coming down and making no mistakes. But these kids now that are on tour grew up listening to Johnny Miller on TV. They know that that's the way I do it. They know it's real. I'm not making anything up. I'm not. I'm looking for a great shot, but get my opinion whether that's just golf's a hard game or yeah, is he starting to succumb to the pressure, maybe even choking? So they know that's going to happen. They they're used to it. It was the older guard that that grew up um, playing, or they played with the announcers that were, you know, slapping the sugar syrup on it, you know. But now they know I'm trying to tell it like it is, and it's real golf, you know, real golf with Johnny Miller. So that's it. Well, that is it. Thank you for your time. Hall of Famer Johnny Miller, congratulations again, okay? Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Just a portion of our 2016 interview with Hall of Famer Johnny Miller prior to his honoree ceremony at Muirfield Village. And it really is great as NBC is with their current golf coverage. Really miss Miller's commentary uh, on those broadcasts. All right, On the Range presented by the Outings Golf app. Coming up, this is a very big week on tour with the Tour Championship. Commissioner Jay Monahan met with the press for the first time since the restart in June. And we will let you hear some of those highlights next as T to Green continues on the fan. On air. Online, on the app, new methods of consumption, same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Not even 10 in the morning, and you're already trying to flag down the beverage cart. Don't worry, we've all been there. This is Tita Green with Skip Mossick on The Fan. Tita Green rolls on. We have another great prize pack that we're giving away to you this morning. Balls from our friends at Titleist. Golf out at Westchester. More golf at Cumberland Trail. Uh, plus a couple other goodies we're throwing there for you this week as well. Very simple to enter. Send me a tweet by 11 a.m. at Skip Mossick or go to 971thefan.com. You can find me on Twitter there. Do it by 11 a.m. We'll get you a player in this week's Corn Ferry event. Again, we're going Corn Ferry Tour this week uh, in Illinois. Only 30 players in the PGA Championship, so that wouldn't work. So the Tour Championship. So again, if your player wins the Corn Ferry event, the great prize pack is yours. Well, again, no doubt the PGA Tour has really been the leader here in 2020 with the return to professional sports in June. PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan met with the media this week to talk about some of the great work and challenges the tour has had to deal with. Yeah, Jay, if we could take you back to when you first uh, restarted things and there were so many unknowns, what, uh, how deep were your doubts that we'd actually be here today uh, having, having survived all this? You know... When you commit to a plan, you commit to a plan because you, 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 you believe in your heart and you believe, based on all the quality people that we have around the table and input we're getting, that it's a plan that could sustain us. So I was confident um, that we had the right plan, but I was uncertain as to whether or not, like everybody else, you'd be able to get to this point. Our players, I can't understate this enough, so look at those players that are on our player advisory council, our, our player directors, the amount of input that they gave us in returning and the responsibility they took in our return. That gave us confidence. Our confidence was shaken in those first couple weeks with a few, few incidents and situations, but we expected that to happen. That's the nature of what we were dealing with. And, um, you know, we were reasonably determined to make sure that we were adjusting in the right way so that we could put ourselves in a position to conclude this FedEx Cup season and... We feel really good about the work that was done. Jay, given the financial uh, struggles, obviously, that everybody's going through, and clearly the tour's having to shell out a lot for things that you wouldn't have normally had to, Mm -hmm. do you foresee any possibility of a decrease in purses, or is that, uh, you know, can, can, can that be alleviated if, if, if you don't get spectators back at some certain point? Well, I think given the nature of the virus, there's, 
you know, we still live in a world of uncertainty. So it's how to answer that question with certainty. But again, 30% of our events, we haven't held. So we have, we have had a decrease this year. And I think for us, you look at the, the, the support we've had from our title sponsors, from our tournament organizations, the fact that our players have generated over $35 million for COVID-related charities. You know, we're stepping up our efforts uh, in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. Uh, we are, you know, we're inspiring, we're inspiring the world, you know, so many of our fans and people that haven't watched the game like we never have before, uh, and the game is accelerating. I think it's, I think we have a great opportunity, and, and I'm hopeful that we're going to get through next year, we're going to get back to normal fast, and that puts us in a position where we continue on the normal growth pattern that we projected to be on this year, on this year that unfortunately we were not able to be on because of the events associated with COVID. Kind of following up on Bob's question about the, the finance thing, um, I think people would have understood even this year if purses were de- decreased in light of other sports and athletes having taken a little bit of a hit. Um, how, how were you able to maintain purses at this level and we get to this closing event which is played for so much money uh is, i guess how sensitive are you to to playing for that kind of money in this kind of environment yeah i think um listen I, what i'm most sensitive to is are, are we are we being the great partner that we have always been in the markets where we played and are we accomplishing in this really challenging environment all that our sponsors and our community partners want us to accomplish. And I think our players have done a remarkable job of that since we returned. And you have to, you go back to when we were trying to stand the tour back up and reset the schedule, but we also weren't sure, sure how long we could sustain that schedule. And we're still not sure of that going forward. But I think that when you're an organization that generates the amount of money that we have generate and will continue to generate for the communities where we play and we continue to do our job as a great community partner you know i'm proud of the fact that the persons that we play for continue to attract the best players in the world that are allowing us to continue to do that work and so um you know i i I step back and say you know this week three and a half million dollars for east lake foundation i was been on the phone with mr cousins and uh ron price numerous times over the last several weeks and that was really important to him and we've done that hopefully we'll exceed it and we've we've you go back through our tournaments uh i think the response that we've had of all the uncertainty what we could do in the communities was was one of our biggest concerns and we've done a really good job of that so to answer your question directly um you know to 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 be the number one tour in the world to get players to play here and to get play to play the schedule that we play and to, and, to, and to be able to generate the dollars we have, it's a competitive marketplace. And we feel like it's really important for us to be able to present the best possible opportunities. That's our job for our membership, and hopefully that's what we're doing. PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan, really some interesting stuff and some great questions by some of our uh, routine tee to green guests there and Doug Ferguson and for Bob Herrig. Uh, again, you have until 11 a.m. to get to a player at this week's uh, Corn Ferry event in Illinois. If your player goes on to win, the prize pack is yours. Again, just send me a tweet at Skip Mossick or go to 971thefan.com. You can find me on Twitter there. Has to be in, though, by 11 a.m. Thanks to Bo Hogue and Gary Van Sickle for uh, joining us earlier this hour. That's going to put a wrap on a 
another week of tee to green. Again, extended time, extra holes, as they say. We'll be with you through the U.S. Open coming up in in just a couple of weeks. That'll wrap it for this week. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend are coming your way next. For Hayden Heilshorn, I'm Skip Mossick. Enjoy the golf this weekend. We will talk to you again next Saturday morning right here on The Fan. From those double bogey blues. You've been listening to Tita Green with the Fans Hall of Famer Skip Mossick. Join us next Saturday morning at 9 for the latest golf news, tech info, interviews, and tournament updates. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Color.